Good to see everybody here tonight. I suppose some folks are out sick, some folks are out otherwise, but thank God for those that are gathered tonight. And I hope that God will do a work in your heart. That's the only reason we come, amen, is for God to do a work. We don't come to try to get, you know, a leg up in the social standing in Folkston. <laughs> that kind of makes, makes me laugh a little bit. Uh, folks trying to get up the ladder in Folkston, amen. And get to the top and find out you climbed a rotten apple tree. <laughs> amen. Uh, but anyway, we're not here for that, amen. This is not the Elks Lodge or the Masons or nothing like that. Amen. You said, Brother Mike, you don't think we ought to join the Masons? No, I think you ought to join the church. Amen. Amen. The Lord bought the church with His own blood. So I'd say that makes it the best club to be a, be a member of. Amen. Amen. And so uh, that's a lifetime membership, absolutely free. Amen. Thank God for that. But I uh, thank you for coming tonight. I want to preach to you for just a few minutes. I want to preach to you on this thought, there is a God in heaven. Amen? There is a God in heaven. And there's some things that goes along with that statement. And I probably won't keep you long tonight, but I want to go over a few of these things. And I really hope God does a work in your heart with it, a work in your life with it. And I'd like to see God change some lives. Amen? That is why we're here. uh, To come together and worship and serve the God that made us. And then He'll do a work in our hearts through His Word and through His Holy Spirit. And I really want to see God do some things here. So let's read the passage and then we'll go to the Lord in prayer. Verse number 25. Then Arioch brought in Daniel before the king in haste and said thus unto him, I have found a man of the captives of Judah that will make known unto the king the interpretation. And if you want to know the rest of the story, amen, you come to Sunday school or... Uh, you just read the book yourself, amen? amen. Daniel chapter 2. But we are covering Daniel in uh, in uh, Sunday school. And we are in chapter 2 now. But the Lord showed me this message for tonight. And not for Sunday school. So I want to go through this. And, and really, if I go through the whole chapter, we'll be here all night. And I know you don't want to do that. So let me just start where I'm starting. And if you need the back story, you can go back and get it. Amen. But he says, uh, Arioch brought in Daniel before the king in haste and said thus unto him, I have found a man of the captains of Judah that will make known unto the king the interpretation. The king answered and said to Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar, Art thou able to make known unto me the dream which I have seen and the interpretation thereof? Daniel answered in the presence of the king and said, The secret which the king hath demanded cannot the wise men, the astrologers, the magicians, the soothsayers, show unto the king. But there is a God in heaven that revealeth secrets and maketh known to the king, Nebuchadnezzar, what shall be in the latter days. Thy dream and the visions of thy head upon thy bed are these. As for thee, O king, thy thought... Uh, came into thy mind upon thy bed, what should come to pass hereafter? And he that revealeth secrets maketh known to thee what shall come to pass. But as for me, this secret is not revealed to me for any wisdom that I have more than any living, but for their sakes that shall make known the interpretation to the king, and that thou mightest know the thought of thy heart. Heavenly Father, I thank you tonight for your goodness. I thank you for your Holy Spirit that abides in us, that dwells in us, God, that leads us and directs us. Oh God in heaven, I know that that the Holy Spirit is real. I, I know that it's part of your presence and part of your Godhead. I know that you sent him here for 
comfort. I know that You sent Him here to magnify Your Word. And I pray, O God, that the Holy Spirit would be present among us tonight to convict hearts and change hearts. And God, take this simple message that I'm about to preach, O God, and make it real. Uh, There could be somebody in this building, O God, that's listening to Your voice for the very last time. And it could be any one of us, dear God. And I pray, uh, Lord, that You would help us to have ears to hear. Uh, Lord, what the Spirit says to the church. And I pray, O God, that You'd have mercy upon us. Lord, look down upon us, God, and see that sitting in this congregation are weak men and weak women, God, and vile men and vile women, dear God, men of simple in uh, in our understanding, God. We don't know a lot of things. We'll never achieve a lot of things as far as some people are concerned in the world. But God, if we could hear Your voice and have the heart to respond to Your voice tonight, Oh God, we'd be the best of men upon the earth, uh, the the most blessed and uh, the richest folks upon earth, not because of money, but because of being able to hear your voice and amend our ways according to your word. Lord, you said, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word. God, help us to take heed tonight and hear and understand and God, give us the strength to turn, oh God, and do your will. And I'll thank you for what you do in Jesus Christ's name we pray these things. Amen. Amen. Alright, this says down in verse number 27 again. It said, Daniel answered in the presence of the king and said, The secret which the king hath demanded cannot the wise men, the astrologers, the magicians and soothsayers show unto the king. Daniel took a little opportunity there to throw a shot in at the guys that couldn't. Amen. And so I'm just a little bit tempted uh, to sneak in a shot at those that can't tonight, amen. Uh, the Catholics can't show you the God of heaven. Uh, the Mormons can't show you the God of heaven. Islam can't show you the God of heaven. The Methodists can't show you the God of heaven anymore, amen. A lot of Baptists can't show you the God of heaven anymore. But I, be- I believe with all of my heart that God, that God in heaven, will reveal Himself to anybody who's willing, amen, to submit Himself. You seen down there in verse 30, Daniel said, As for me, the secret is not revealed to me for any wisdom that I have more than any living. Daniel not necessarily smarter than me and you. Daniel not necessarily as wise as me and you. And But what the thing of the matter is that God is willing uh, to show Himself and to reveal Himself to anybody that's got an ear to hear. Amen? And let me say this. At first... It's up to you whether you'd hear Him or not. Amen? God deals with your heart. God sends you a message. God sends you a prophet. God sends you a preacher. God sends you His Word. I mean, depending upon how you receive that Word, that depends on that directs how you receive Him from now on. You turn a deaf ear, and you turn a deaf ear, the next time it'll be easier to turn a deaf ear. The next time it'll be easier to turn a deaf ear. The next time it'll be easier to turn a deaf ear until you can sit underneath the preaching of the Word of God and not be affected and not be brought to tears and not be brought to sorrow anymore about your own condition. Oh, I'm going to make it through. I'm going to make it through. I'm going to be just fine, says millions and millions. 
millions and millions of people. Uh, whether they're Southern or Northern or Chinese or American or French, God help their poor, despicable souls. Doesn't matter the nationality. Doesn't matter the color. Doesn't matter the creed. The only thing that matters is, do you have an ear to hear what the Spirit of God says? If you're willing to listen, God's able to speak. Amen? If you're willing to listen, and God is able to speak, but if you're willing to listen, God will change your heart. God will change. God won't keep you the same. Amen? These churches put up signs, and we might put it on our sign one of these days. I kind of doubt it, but we might, uh, because I know the truth of the matter. But a lot of these signs on the church says, Come as you are. And what they mean by that is just come as you are and keep coming like you are. And we'll be glad to fellowship with you no matter how you are. But listen, I'd say this, come as you are, but God's going to make you the way He wants you to be. Amen? And you're not acceptable to God. That's some of that old-time Calvinist preacher uh, preaching, of which I'm not a Calvinist, but that's good preaching right there. You're not worthy for God to even look in your direction. Amen? God, God looks at you and looks at your life and looks at the things that you do and looks at the things that you think and looks at the things that you want to do but just can't get away with it. Amen? And God sees that and it stinks in His nostrils. The Bible says He's a holier eyes than to look upon sin. If it wasn't for the grace of God, He wouldn't even look in our direction. Amen? Ain't none of us ever got up and lived a day worth of goodness that would make God look our way and say, Hey, that's a pretty good old boy. Uh, not even Noah. The Bible says Noah found grace. Noah, found, Noah didn't find worth. In the eyes of God. Noah found grace in the eyes of God. And listen, God looks our way and He sees our condition. He sees our heart. He sees the things that we intend to do. He sees the things that we want to do and just can't get away with it. So we dare not chance it. And God has mercy on us still. Amen? Amen. So I'm a good fellow. That's just because you're too afraid of getting caught most of the time. Amen? And there are still, even in this liberal day that we live in, I'm not talking, I'm not necessarily talking politics, I'm talking principles here. In this liberal day that we live in, in this liberal day that we live in, people are, people are wicked and want to do desperate things. Sit around in their bedroom inside of four walls and dream about the opportunity to do whatever comes to their mind. Amen? But even in this liberal age, we still live in a day where there's a man or two that won't put up with stuff like that. Amen? They won't put up with... Some things ought not to be put up with. Amen? Some things will get you hurt if you ain't careful. Amen? Some things will get you hurt if you ain't careful. So you better... God... Listen, God in heaven knows how to take care of Himself. God in heaven knows how to take care of right and wrong. Amen? Uh, But there is such a thing on this earth as a revenger of blood. Amen? God set up in the Old Testament a city of refuge. Where if a man killed another man, he could flee to that city and find safety until he got himself a fair trial. Amen? But God also, listen, God took up for the guilty in that He gave him an opportunity. Amen? But God also took up for the avenger of blood. If he, let, if, you, if, he, if he caught you before you got to the city of refuge, guess what? God's not going to be mad at the man for taking revenge. <laughs> Amen? Amen? God, God's not going to be... You say, what is that? It's justice. You say, for who? Both sides. Both sides. Amen? Amen. Uh, people ought to thank God for godly religion. I'm talking about the religion of this Bible because it's, it's, it's fair, and I hate to say this, but it's almost fair to a fault. God gives, God gives the unworthy a chance. Amen? 
God gives the unworthy a chance. If not, the avenger of blood would have caught me, I guess, the first two or three days. The avenger of death, listen, the avenger of blood in reality in our, in our modern times is death. Amen? The avenger of blood in the Old Testament would be the relative of somebody who was murdered. And if he caught up to the murderer and he shed the blood of that murderer, it was legal. It was right. Amen? And it's right for death to seize on your lungs and choke the life out of you and put you in a grave because for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin is death. If you died tonight and fell in a ditch somewhere and somebody come along and picked you up and buried you, you got exactly what you deserve. Said, so Brother Mike, you talk like you enjoy that. Far from it. Far from it. Uh, how could I enjoy something that I'm included in? Amen. I'm not talking about the difference between preachers and sinners. I'm talking about all men. We're, we're very, and I hate to use this term, and I use it loosely, lucky. We're blessed is what we are, but lucky comes to mind. We're lucky that God loves us. Amen. And that you, you know that I, I don't, lucky is not really a word that you want to use while you're preaching or witnessing. Amen. But the way, when I see it, just looking at things, lucky. Amen. Blessed is what it is, but lucky comes to mind, don't it? If you if you won the lottery, you'd say, "Oh, I was lucky." No, you you were stupid for you spent ten thousand dollars trying to win that five thousand. Do you see where I'm coming from tonight? We were blessed that God looked our way and had mercy on us because we deserved we deserved to get our lights punched out. Amen. And so these uh, fellas, they come in. And Daniel said these astrologers and magicians and soothsayers, they can't show no secrets. They can't reveal no secrets. He said, I couldn't reveal no secrets if there wasn't a God in heaven. He said, I'm not wise. I'm not great. He said, I'm nothing. He said, but God reveals secrets. And said, God, do some things for your sake. He said, God revealed this secret for the sakes of them that's going to tell. Daniel said, God revealed to you this secret for our sakes. That's basically what he said. Amen. He said, so God, so God wouldn't let you kill me, so He gave me this truth to show it to you. I wish old Nebuchadnezzar, I wish old Nebuchadnezzar would have got more help out of it than he did. And he did get a little bit of help. He did get a little bit of help. But I wish he would have got more. I, I wish everybody that heard the gospel would get right with God. I mean, I wish everybody that come underneath the voice of preaching would get right with God. You say, well, Brother Mike, maybe if you was a better preacher, maybe people would get more help. My preaching got nothing to do with it. Hey, Amen. I could stand over here and fall off a log backwards and hold up a sign that said Jesus saved. And that'd be a help to you. That'd be a blessing to you. I could stand up here and hold up a sign that said, For God so loved the world. And that, that would help you. That would be a blessing to you. You could get some truth from that. A dying thief was on the cross and he looked over above the man beside of his head and it said that this was the king of the Jews. And he said, I believe that. <laughs> Amen. You say, what was he reading? He was reading the Word of God. Amen. Well, Pilate wrote that. So? So what? So what? What difference does that make? Was he the Son of God? Amen. The truth will help you. The truth will make you free. Amen. Well, he said old Nebuchadnezzar calls in his men and his magicians and they couldn't help him. And old Daniel got up and he said, these fellas can't help you. I wish this world would understand that religion can't help you. I wish, they would, I wish we understood that most of the time. We get the feeling real good because we come to church. And listen, if you don't come to church with the right heart, it don't mean a hill of beans. Right. 
Amen. You're supposed to come to church. I want you to come to church. I love it when people come to church. I love preaching to people instead of pews. But what I'm telling you tonight is you can come to church every single time the door is open and still leave with a broken heart, a messed up heart, an out of sync heart, and still die and go to hell. Amen. Coming to church, it don't matter what brand you are. It don't matter what creed you follow. Those things are useless in the eyes of God. Amen. They used to, you know, back when the Protestants ruled the world, uh, they and I guess they still do to a certain degree, right there under their daddy the Pope. But anyway, they would make creeds and they would make confessions and they would memorize them. And for those who didn't want to uh, recite the long one, they had a shorter one. Amen. They had catechisms. And they'd come in they'd memorize the big one, memorize the little one. Listen, you can memorize all the hymns in the hymn book and memorize all the creeds and memorize all the catechisms and still go to hell. You memorize all the Scripture. I preached you a sermon a couple of years ago about the devil. The devil can quote Scripture. But he's still going to hell. The devils, the Bible says the devils believe and tremble. The devils know how to use the Word of God, but they don't know how to get help from it. Amen? So just coming to church and quoting the Scripture or memorizing a verse, that is not going to get you to heaven. Amen? So I want to preach. Now listen, what I think here, Daniel says, there is a God in heaven. There is a God in heaven. And you know, Nebuchadnezzar knew there was a God in heaven. He knew that. He knew the fact of that. Uh, matter of fact, when he charged into uh, Israel and took over Jerusalem, uh, one of his uh, one of his uh, uh, statements in that time, if you read the book of uh, Kings and the book of Chronicles, Nebuchadnezzar said, "God sent me over here." You said, "Did he?" He certainly did. At some point in time, Nebuchadnezzar heard the voice of God, but by the time he got face to face with Daniel, he had forgotten the voice of God, he had forgotten the charge of God, he had forgotten the power of God, and Daniel had to remind him, there is a God in heaven. A refresher course here. It's a refresher course here. Daniel says there is a God in heaven, and there certainly is a God in heaven. Old Nebuchadnezzar lost touch. I think the Baptists have lost touch. I think the Presbyterians have lost touch. I think the Methodists have lost touch. I think the Catholics never have had touch. Amen. And you can you can talk about the old Catholic Church and the old Church Fathers all you want to. I'm against them. Amen? I don't like them. Amen? They're killers and murderers. Amen? God's people don't use the stake and fire and beheadings. That's not God's people. It never will be God's people. Amen? And you can say Vatican II all you want to. You can say there's been a change all you want to. I guess you do change since America's got bigger missiles than you got. Amen? If Rome ever gets bigger missiles than America's got, they're going to go back to doing things the way they used to do it. Amen? The only, the only reason uh, that Rome stopped persecuting people is because England and France got bigger knives. Amen? And that's the only reason. Germany and the like. Amen? But I'm saying what we've, what we've done is we've lost touch with the Holy God. You know we serve a Holy God? You say, Brother Mike, we serve a merciful God. What's that got to do with the fact that He's holy? What does that have to do with the fact that He still requires that which is past, which is holiness and goodness, and everything that He ever has required, He still requires it today. If He ever said, Thou shalt have no other gods before Me, He still means that today. Well, God's been merciful to us. He still hates us. Amen? 
Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. If he ever meant that, if he ever meant it, he still means it today. Uh, what, what difference does the fact that he's been merciful to you mean? Amen? What, what difference does that make if he's been merciful? How does that change the rules? And you got in trouble for murder and they locked you up in prison? And the governor comes by and pardons you and says, you can get out, you can go free, just like it never happened. Go back down to your house, go back down uh, and sit down and be comfortable, go back to life, go back and get your job. Does the fact that the governor pardons you and have mercy on you, does that mean you're allowed to go commit murder now? Absolutely not. It's, it's, it's stupidity for us to think that we can just do whatever we want to just because God pardoned us on Calvary. Amen. Amen. I hope that makes good sense to you. I hope it makes good sense to you. You say, why, Brother Mike? Because I think that some of us forget that there's a God in heaven. We think there's a God on earth, Jesus Christ, but there's a God in heaven. Amen. There's a God in heaven. And listen, let me just say this. Let me get on with the sermon. Is that all right? Or I'll be here preaching all night. Got kind of carried away. But that's all right. It's good to get carried away once in a while. Amen. Better than getting carried away about the Atlanta Falcons. Amen. But there is a God in heaven, he says. And let me just, that reminds me to say this. If you think you're alone, there's a God in heaven. Amen. If you, got, if you think you're all by yourself, there's a God in heaven. Amen. There's a God in heaven that loves you. There's a God in heaven that cares about you. There's a God in heaven that wants you to get you out of the mess that you're in. Amen. If, if you're having problems, how about doing like we said this morning and pray about it. Amen. Because there is a God in heaven. There's a God in heaven. And I want to talk to you about four simple things uh, tonight that you can get a hold of. Four little bitty simple truths uh, that you better understand tonight. And I'm not just talking about a select few people in our congregation. I'm talking about it do all of us good to remember these things. You, at, at the end of the sermon, you're going to say, Brother Mike, that sure was simple. That sure was. That sure was basic. And I have to say, well, that's about what we need. We, we need often... Often to go back to the simple things. Amen. There's a God in heaven. Let me say this first about the God in heaven. Would you like to know the God in heaven? Careful now. Be careful now. Uh, somebody says you want to know the God of heaven and you say yes, you better be careful because He might pop up in your life. And He'll say, here I am, right here. And then you might say, oh, oh, I, I, I didn't want to know you after all. Amen. You know, a lot of people want God to help them. If we could just turn the handle on the jack-in-the-box and have Him pop up and answer our prayers all the time and take care of us and give us a job or give us a raise or give us a better house. I mean, that's the jack-in-the-box God. Listen, you better be careful because once the the jack-in-the-box pops up out of the box and grants your little wishes like a genie, He might require something of you after He takes care of you. Amen. Amen? Amen? Amen. Matter of fact, you don't realize it, but God already requires something. Sometimes He'll be good to you. Sometimes God will be good to you just to get your attention. Amen? You cry to Him and make deals when He's already made a deal with you. I've seen people get in trouble and then they'll get down on their knees and they'll begin to come to church and they'll begin to ask God to make a deal. God, let me make a deal with you. What they don't know is, is while they were too stupid to look for God and while they were too hard-hearted to search for God, God already made them a deal. God's not interested in your deal. God already made a deal. God sent His Son. He said if you put your faith and trust in His Son, there you'd get in. There you would get help. There you would get comfort, amen. That's God's deal. 
You say, well, I made a deal with God and He helped you. No, God made a deal with you. Amen. You may not have understood it at the time. And think, ain't we glad God doesn't require us to understand everything before He helps us? Hey, but let me tell you this. When God helps you, you better get an understanding of Him. You better begin to read and search and pray and draw close to Him. Amen. You say, why? Because the minute you die, you're going to be accountable for that deal He made with you. Amen. It's God's deal or no deal. Well, I just think, I don't care what you think. It doesn't matter what you think. It's not necessarily that I don't... That sounds kind of hard, don't it? I don't care what you think. It's not that I don't care. It's that it don't even matter if I care or not. It means nothing. I mean, I've heard preachers say that. I don't care what you think. It really don't matter what the preacher cares about. Amen? It don't matter. I mean, the thing, the, the fact of the matter is, God shed His blood on Calvary for us. He made a deal that we can't get around. And whether we accept it, whether we follow it, whether we love it, whether we lump it, the moment we die, we're going to have to give an account to that deal. Stand before God and say, well, I didn't want to participate. You ever heard a kid say that when they get out there playing tag? Not included. Well, that's funny. Because you was running around. You was making all the motions. You was laughing. You was enjoying yourself. You was taking part. But then about the time you got tagged, not included. Something wrong with that picture, ain't it? I mean, if you're going through life, enjoying God's blessings, uh, eating God's food, living in God's shelter, out of the cold or out of the heat, you got food in your belly, you got blood running through your veins, you got air going through your lungs, you can't come up to the judgment and then say, not included. Amen? Because you're included. And God is going to judge, amen. Not only you, but me. Amen. So I, I, I charge you. I challenge you tonight. And I, that, that is a stronger word, and I think I'll use it. I charge you tonight to, take, to, to, to pay heed to these simple little things that I'm about to tell you tonight. Because you're going to meet these words again one day. This may not be the best message you ever heard, but I promise you, it's true. And right. And timely. You never know. We talked about this morning, you don't know what a day will bring forth. Amen? Number one. Uh, Here we go. There's a God in heaven. Number one. He's the originator of man. He's the originator. Listen, you're chargeable to God. Amen? God owns you. He owns your breath. He made the blood that flows through your veins. He owns the air that circulates through you. I started to say circulatory system, but I don't guess it works like that, does it? Blood goes through your circulatory system. What do you call it? Respiratory. Amen? Listen, if you're lost and you breathe in, you're still in God's air. Amen. You're still in God's air. I, I could go so far as to say if you're backslid and breathing. Amen? Listen, you're chargeable to God. God owns you. God's the Master. Amen? God God owns everything. The Bible says God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And that's true. Amen? But you know, that psalmist didn't go quite all the way into that verse. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He owns the barn. 
He owns the hills. He owns the tree. He he owns the brook that flows down off of the hill and right down past your house. He owns your house. He owns your car. He owns everything about you. That's why I don't teach and preach on tithing so much because you don't owe God 10%. You owe God everything. Amen. God owns everything. You say, why? Because He made you. And you got these crazy hippies running around today. Oh, we swung from monkeys. What you feel so bad about when you lay your head down on your pillow at night? Oh, we don't think bad. We don't. We're easy going. Why are you so mad for them? Amen. You got you got all these homosexuals and they're always mad. You got the atheists and they're always mad. I've never seen one atheist on television or YouTube or Facebook or anywhere else. I never seen one that was happy about nothing. They mad. You know why? Their conscience is bothered. Amen. That's exactly right. You say why? Because they're chargeable to God and they can't get away from it. They're chargeable for God and they can't get no peace at night. Amen. You're chargeable to God. You say, boy, I'd sure like to live one day in peace. Well, you're going to have to take the reins out of your hand and give them to God. You're going to have to take the charge of your life out of your hands and hand them to God. You're going to have to stop being the Lord of your life and give it over to God. And I'm not teaching Lordship Salvation. There are a group of people that teaches Lordship Salvation that said, if you don't follow every directive every minute, then you're not saved. I don't believe that for a minute. I don't believe that for a minute. That's a bunch of hooey. <laughs> amen. For lack of a better word, you can't use some words in church. Amen. You shouldn't use some words any place. But that's a bunch of hooey. That's what that is. You've got to do everything that God says all the time and you're not saved. That's crazy right there. Uh, rise, Peter. Kill and eat. Not so, Lord. <laughs> Simon Peter must not have been saved. He lets down a thing, a carpet from heaven, a sheet from heaven, and it's filled with all kinds of unclean beasts. And he says, hey, Peter, get your fork and your knife and chow down. He said, nope. So I'm not talking about lordship salvation, but I am talking about this. Listen, you get the God of heaven move in your heart, the Holy Spirit to lead your life, come down from heaven to comfort you, and you don't pay attention to His voice, you don't pay attention to His direction, boy, you may live a miserable life, even if you are saved. The Holy Spirit come by your door while you was lost and knock on the door and say, let me in, let me in, let me in. And you say, no, you're not going to have no peace. That's why the atheist is mad. Amen? Amen. That's why the atheist is mad. That's what's going on. You say, why? Because we're chargeable to Him. Chargeable to Him. (laughs) Folks are mad at the Lord for the same reason uh, rum runners is mad at the sheriff. Amen? That's exactly right. That's exactly right. You don't see the old bootlegger going up to the sheriff's house and hanging out. Thought we thought I'd come by and just have a talk with you. All the, you know, I guess that's a little bit out of date. I guess now it's meth lab uh, runners and pot growers and stuff like that. They just don't hang out with the sheriff. <laughs> Amen? That's why people don't come to church anymore. Every old reprobate used to go to church. <laughs> Amen? But when you get out of shape and get your heart away from God and get your mind off of biblical principles, it's hard to go hang out with the God that's against you. Amen? The only thing is that you don't understand He's for you. Amen? I mean, your sins have separated between you and your God. I understand that. The wages of sin is death. I understand that. But I also understand for God so loved the world. 
I mean, when the governor holds out a pardon, you don't say, well, let me think about it. Son, I've got a pardon right here for you. It's signed by the governor. Well, I just don't have the right feeling. But it's a pardon. It's a pardon. It's from the governor. It means you can go home. It means you can go free. Well, that's just your way of looking at it. I've got my way of looking at it. You've got yours. Free country. Now you got a messed up head, is what you. I was I was up on the roof working on the roof one time. My uncle was up there. We was fixing a roof that he house where he lived in, and uh, one of the first time I ever witnessed in my life. About twenty four years old. I mean, not in my life, but it'd been a long time since I'd witnessed. After I got out of the Marines, first time, first person I wanted to witness to was my uncle. Got up there talking to him. He said, "I just don't believe like you do." He said, "Y'all got a different belief." I said, "Well, what is that?" What is that other belief that you got? And he said, well, I kind of got my own deal made. I said, oh, you ain't got your own deal made. He said, there's only, listen, you either got God's way or you ain't got no way. You've either got God's deal or you don't have any deal. You've either got God's belief or you don't have any belief. The Bible covers that term in the word faith. He said that you earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. Amen? So there's a God in heaven and you're chargeable to Him. Not only that, you're chargeable to Him, but you're understood by Him. God understands you. You say, well, preacher, you just don't understand my problem. But God does. Well, preacher, you just hadn't preached the sermon that puts the finger on my particular situation. So? You're going to wait and take a chance on going to hell or dying backslid because I'm not smart enough to put my finger on your particular situation? If you've been around here for three months, you've looked around and you've saw just in the face of people what God can do. Amen. I mean, if I was sitting on the pew looking around and seeing this one getting a blessing and seeing that one saying amen and seeing that one say hallelujah and seeing the tears run out of that one's face and seeing the tears run out of that one's eyes, I believe I'd check up and say, God, can't you do that for me? Amen. I wouldn't sit around and wait for the preacher to get on my particular need. I'd just go ahead and jump on board and say, I believe God can do something for me too. Amen. You know what old blind Bartimaeus saw? Nothing. <laughs> Amen. But when old <laughs> that was kind of funny. But when he heard about Jesus coming down the road, he said, "Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me." All he had ever done was heard. He done something for somebody else. He done something for somebody else. Hey, what about me? Lord helped him out that day, didn't he? God understands you. God understands what's going through your head. One of the lies of the devil is that we're all different. Let me just go ahead and erase about three-fourths of that what I just said about everybody being different. Let me just erase most of that right out of your mind now. There's no temptation taking you but such is common to man. But God who is faithful... Amen. He said He'll not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able, but will with the temptation make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. Amen. God knows what's in your puny little head. Amen. There ain't nobody in here smart enough. Einstein, I don't even, I'm not even sure he was a smart man. I think he might have been an LSD addict myself. I can't prove that. But anybody's hair looks like that, something. He gotta be taking something. Amen. 
Don't trust a man that don't know how to comb his hair. Amen? Amen? That's exactly right. Or cut it. Amen. Uh, you can tell a couple of things by looking at somebody right out. Good neat hair. Amen? Somebody comes out all disheveled. I wouldn't pay no attention to him. Would you pay any attention to me if I came in here all... With, with purple tips and... Would you, would you listen to me preach very long? I wouldn't think you would. I'd probably make you laugh. Bozo the Clown's got colored hair. Amen? But listen, I mean, you take the smartest man in the world, that's just a puny mind. A puny mind. E equals MC squared. Who do you think come up with that? If that formulation is true, don't you think God made that? Don't you think God understood that? While, while they're inventing the nuclear bomb, God's sitting back here going, oh. God detonated one of those in the Old Testament. Science is always late. Sodom and Gomorrah, something happened. Amen? Amen? God's sitting back looking at Einstein laughing his head off. Splitting an atom. Won't you try making one? Amen? Won't you just try making one? Listen, God. it don't take God long to figure you out. Know what's going on in your mind. Amen? You was, you was designed by God. You was designed by God. God knows it. And listen, let me say this about... We was praying for Brother Louis a while ago. God made the body. God can do whatever He wants. You know, understanding that God can do whatever He wants, it's amazing that we pitiful, super-intelligent beings. It's amazing that us pitiful men don't get in a position where God would want to do anything for us, seeing that He can do anything. Amen? We're just too distracted by the cares of this world to get close to a God that can do anything for us. And not only that, not only can He do anything for us, He has the power to give us to say the Word and do a lot of things ourselves. With just a little bitty seeds worth of faith. Oh, but Brother Mike, that's for a different dispensation. Somebody been... Somebody been messing with your Bible, cutting it up a little bit too thin because they ain't got the power of God and never seen it. Well, if God won't do something for me, maybe He meant just for Simon Peter. No, He didn't just mean just for Simon Peter. Amen? I'm talking about a God that understands you. A God that designs your body. A God that can do anything for you. He's the originator of man. Amen? Not the monkey. Not the mud hole. Not the big bang. God. He's the originator of man. He's the seeker of men. Amen? There's a God in heaven. He's the originator of man. He's the seeker of men. You know, God not only knows you, but He knows where to find you at. Brother Mike, I just won't come back to this church no more. I don't have to take this abuse. I don't have to listen to a man that preaches an hour and 17 minutes. <laughs> I kind of feel bad about that myself. <laughs> Amen. But I'll tell you this, God knows where you're at. God knows where you're at. He's the secret. He knew right where to find Adam. God's got a great sense of humor. Yeah. 
God's got a great sense. Look at who you're sitting beside of. God made them. <laughs> Amen? God walking through the garden hollering at Adam, Adam, where art thou? You know why God did that? To drive Adam crazy. Messing with Adam's mind. Oh, I don't believe God would mess with a man's mind. You don't know you don't know God. You don't know God, amen. At, walking through the garden. Adam, where are you at? The whole time he knew where Adam was. He was looking at him. Adam is behind the tree. The eye of God right here over and watching him the whole time. What's he doing? He's hiding. Then a voice comes from out there. Adam, where you at? You say, that's funny, Brother Mike. That's funny. You do the same thing. You do the very same thing. Get in your little computer room and turn off the light and close the door. He can see you. I'll just, okay, I won't turn off the lights. I won't turn on the computer. I won't turn on the television. I'll just put it right in here. He can still see you. And listen, it's not just that he is an eavesdropper. He can see everything. He can see everything. God is a seeker of men. And listen, he wants to know where you are. A faithful daddy wants to know where his kids are at all times. Amen? A faithful daddy is going to take care of his kids at all times. Do you believe that? I mean, do you really believe that? then do you believe that God is a loving Father? Let me ask you this. Do you believe that God is a loving Father even to those who are still lost? Now we can argue a little bit about the technical terms of what a father is, but listen, the Bible says that we are all God's offspring. We come from God. In a technical sense, you may not be a born-again son of God, but God made you and God is interested in you and He always has His eye on you. He's waiting for you. He's waiting for you to accept His deal. We was talking about a while ago. He's waiting for you. He's waiting for the perfect opportunity to show you His Son. Amen? He's the seeker of men. He knows where to find you. He knows your condition. Amen? He knows what it takes to reach you. Amen? Whether simple or technical. I'd hate to be so smart that I just couldn't talk to nobody. Amen? Wouldn't you hate to be that way? I mean, but some people are that way. I mean, you have to sit down and you have to use all these big technical words and so forth and so on. Uh, and some people, you could just use one-syllable words. And they'd be just happy. Amen? He that hath the Son hath life. And he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. Ain't that simple? Ain't that simple? But God knows how to talk to you. God knows what you need. God is the seeker for men. He knows how to find men. Amen? He's a seeker of men. God looking for you tonight. Hard-hearted? God's looking for you tonight. 
He's a seeker of men. Not only that, there's a God in heaven. He's the originator of man. He's the seeker of men. He's the redeemer of men. He's the re- Listen, we don't have to get very technical right there at all. The Lamb of God came and was sacrificed on the cross for your sins. For every wrong deed that you've done. I wish men could get so ashamed of their sins and so tired of their sins and so, uh, so fed up with dealing over and over and over again with the result of their sin that they would call out for the Lamb of God. Yeah. Amen? Have you ever sinned a sin and done a bad thing or done a wrong thing and that nagging feeling get in the back of your mind and say, boy, I wish I wouldn't have done that. Have you ever sinned a sin and then the result of it showed up in your life and caused some bad thing to happen or some terrible thing to happen? I mean, the, the wages of sin, sin to sin that come back to bite you. Amen? I mean, I guess kind of uh, the, the best example to say would be to commit a crime and get arrested for it. I mean, to, to do a sin and have God judge it and bring forth the fruit of that sin in your life. Don't you know how bad that, that feels? It certainly does. It certainly does. Well, I got, I got arrested one time. And stayed in jail all night. I ain't spent many days in jail, but I spent enough to know I wasn't going back. Amen? I spent a night in jail one time, and boy, it was the scaredest I've ever been. Amen? I wasn't worried about the men that was in there. I wouldn't. I was in the Marines at the time. I could whoop those fellas. Amen? I felt confident of that. Uh, really, I did. I felt confident. I, I wasn't scared of those men for not one second. You say, what was you scared of then? I was in jail. God didn't make me to go to jail. God made me to walk around, do whatever I wanted to do as long as it was in His will. Amen? Go outside and smell the flowers and pick grass and whatever. Boy, the next day when they let me out, I was thankful. Amen? I didn't have not a, not a, bit, not a minute's peace that I had that night. Laid awake, tossed and turned. Didn't help that the bed was metal. Well, they could have put me on a select comfort and I wouldn't have slept that night. Amen? You ever done anything that you knew was wrong to do and tossed and turned all night? That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Jesus Christ died to take that feeling that you had down in your gut to take that out and give you peace. Give you peace. He's the Redeemer of men. Jesus Christ laid down on a cross. They didn't have to fight Him to get Him down there. That buffeting, the beating that He took was not to make Him submit to His charges. It wasn't to make Him submit to His punishment. And it was punishment. It just wasn't His crime. He's the Redeemer of men. Laid down on the cross and shed His blood, shed His life's blood. For your sins. The thoughts that you thought. Not necessarily even talking about the deeds that you've done. Those count. We're not going to exclude those. But I'm not even talking about those. I'm talking about the intent of your heart. The intent of your mind. The sinfulness of your deeds that you commit on the inside of your brain. You said, Brother Mike, are we, are we accountable for those? You bet your life. You bet your life. He's the Redeemer of men. All those things are wiped away. Washed away. 
I wish I, I mean, I'm unable, maybe I should have went to Bible school. But I just don't have the words to describe to you clean. Untouched by sin. Free from the penalty of it. Not having to worry about it. I mean, you commit it. I mean, confess it and, and, and ask God to forgive it. But I'm talking about being a blood-bought son of God who has no fear of death and no fear of God putting His wrath upon you because of sin. I, I just don't have the words to describe that feeling, although I do know what it feels like. There is in the Bible such a thing as joy unspeakable. I just, I just can't tell you. You say, "Why it's unspeakable?" <laughs> Amen. If it was speakable, I'd tell you. Does anybody here know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Does anybody want to describe it? <laughs> we can't, preacher. It's unspeakable. That's exactly right. He's the redeemer of men. God is perfect in His redemption. Did you know God was perfect? Amen. That includes His redemption. Uh, in in the legal society, they have a halfway house. God doesn't have any of those. Amen. God has God has a new heart and a new life and a new birth and a new creature. God is the originator of man, the seeker of men, the redeemer of men. And then let me say this: He's the deliverer of men. He's the deliverer. You say, brother Mike, you done said that. No, I said redeemer of men. Now, deliverance undoubtedly will come through your redemption, but there is help after salvation. I'm glad I didn't just get saved and that was it, period. Amen? But there's help after salvation. Uh, Listen, there's help uh, by salvation, and there's help after salvation. And listen, because Jesus Christ died on the cross and saved me, listen, He can continue to keep on saving me day after day after day after day. After day. I wish I could stand here and say, in my flesh, in my spirit, I'm a sinless son of God. Because He's washed me clean. If you could lay sin to my account, as far as God's concerned, then you could send me to hell. But you can't because God sealed my spirit. That sin can't get down in there. It can get right here though in my flesh. Yes, sir. But did you know that even though God has sealed my soul and I'm sinless in God's sight, I have the righteousness of His Son imputed to me so that when God sees me, He sees His own sinless Son. But did you know besides that fact that God would save me tomorrow and help me get rid of my vice, help me get rid of my habit, help me get rid of anything that I want to get rid of, deliver me. And listen, there's more things on this earth to get uh, delivered from than a cigarette. Amen. There's some things in your heart and in your mind that will kill you twice as fast as a cigarette will. And I reckon I'll keep on preaching on cigarettes, amen. I mean, I'm not going to quit because that stuff will kill you. But what I'm trying to say is everything ain't about the outward stuff. What you can touch and feel with your hands. Listen, there, listen God can deliver you from the sins of your mind, from the sins of your flesh, from the sins of, I mean, any kind of sin. There ain't a sin, there ain't a sin that God can't deliver you from. There's not a bad emotion that God can't deliver you from. There's not a hard heart. There's not an unforgiving heart. There's not a proud heart. There's not a, uh, there's not a person in this building with any kind of affliction that God can't deliver you from. He can deliver you from it. 
He's a God. Uh, he's the originator of man. He's the seeker of men. He's the redeemer of men. And He's the deliverer of men. There's help after salvation. Amen? There's help after salvation. The question then becomes, who will receive that help? Who will be found of Him? Who will be redeemed by Him? Who will be delivered by Him? Boy, if there was a line, I'd go get in it. Amen? I mean, they come out with the next iPhone, iPhone number 10 or whatever, how many iPhones they got out. If they come out with that, there'd be people standing in line waiting to get that thing. What y'all doing out here in all these tents? Waiting for our iPhone. What y'all doing standing out here in this line all night for? Oh, Bruce Springsteen going to come sing next week and we want to get tickets. That's how crazy people are over the things of this world. If God had a line and said, if you come get in this line, you'll get delivered from whatever you want to get delivered from. I believe I'd go get in that line, wouldn't you? Wait all night. Would you? Would you would you wait all night so God could deliver you? Think about that now. Would you wait two nights? Would you wait a month? That's a deeper question than you thought when I first asked it. What would you do to stand on line for God to deliver you? Salvation. Wasn't it easy to get in line for salvation? Amen. Wonderful pardon. Matchless pardon. That deliverance ain't the same way. You know why? Because even after you're saved, the wages of sin is still dead. Sin still has its claws in your flesh and it ain't going to let go very easily. So I need deliverance from sin. I need deliverance from a hard heart. I need deliverance from this or that. Listen, you're going to have to wait. You're going to have to call out to God. You're going to have to wait. Amen? So Brother Mike, I don't understand that. Well, I wish I could explain it to you. I really wish I could. When I got saved, some things fell away. Just like taking off a coat. Everything didn't fall off like that. No, sir. I couldn't tell you how long I struggled with a can of Copenhagen. The nastiest thing that there was. The nastiest old habit that I had. I didn't fall right off. You say, why? It had, it had its claws in me. And I could still memorize Scripture. I could still preach sermons. I could still witness. I could still do a lot of things. But boy, at night when I laid my head down on the pillow, I've been bitter. I've been bitter at people who I perceived to do me wrong because I had my eyes on the wrong thing. Amen. It's not what, how people are treating you. It's how you're treating God. It's not how people are ministering to you. It's how are you ministering for God. There are bigger things than how people feel about you and how people treat you, you know. Amen. You can choose to move on from a lot of things. But boy, in my lifetime, that old root of bitterness reached up and got a claw in me and hung on and boy I know how to hold a grudge preacher called me in one time and said look this is wrong and you're doing it and you need to stop it boy I got mad at him you say why because he wrung my pill well I don't think I, I react just the same way as everybody else did amen 
Boy, I held on to that and held on to that and held on to that and held on to that. And then that thing began to grow. Begin to bear fruit. Begin to reach out and branch out. Y'all ever seen a tree? It don't just grow like this. It grows out and reaches out. And that thing began to reach out and touch other people's lives. Look around and I say, Oh, where did they get that attitude? And the Lord said, They got it from you. The Bible says that root of bitterness will defile many. And I said, Lord, I need to get rid of that. I said, Lord, you know what? I know exactly where that come from. I'm not going to be that way no more. I'm going to forgive that fellow that made me mad. It wasn't even him that needed forgiving. He'd done the right thing. He told me the right thing and I got mad at him and I told God I was going to forgive him. <laughs> I was the one that needed the forgiveness. Amen? But I said, God, I'm going to drop that. I ain't never going to think about that again. The next day I woke up, I was thinking about it. Eat my lunch. And you wonder, Brother Mike's crazy. He tells us to forgive people when it ain't our fault. You better drop it quick as you can. Because once it gets its claws in you, you, guess what? You'll be calling out to God and say, deliver me from this. And you'll wake up the next day and it'll still be there. And you'll say, well, I must not be worth nothing to God because God ain't delivered me from it. Listen, hold on a little while. Hold. You didn't get into trouble. You got Listen, as far as salvation, you're done. You're in. You're on your way to heaven. But you didn't get in the mess you got in overnight. And it ain't going to disappear overnight. But there's a God in heaven. And he's able, whether it's whether it's uh, depression, whether it's sin of, of, of a gross nature, uh, pornography, or whatever the case may be, no matter what the problem is, no matter how deep it's got its little claws into your flesh, you give God time and have a little patience, and God will deliver you from that in His own time. In His own time. You said, Brother Mike, why don't He just do it all at one time? He can't. Not that he's physically unable. You're physically unable to take it. You don't take a baby and feed him chili. You grow a little by little by little by little. Amen? God is going to deliver you from one thing and then another and then another and then another. And you'll grow up to be a strong, probably still a baby. Amen? Be a strong baby. Be a baby Huey. Amen? Listen, God can deliver you though. Give God time. Amen? Let Him do a work in your life. There's a God in heaven. We're chargeable to Him. He's seeking for us. He understands us. He's a great Redeemer. And He's a, and he's a great Deliverer. Amen? I found Him true in this. I found Him faithful in this. Everything that I've ever sought Him to deliver me from, He has. Delivered me from it. Everything that I've ever called out to God, Brother Pedro, and said, God, help me. I don't want to do this anymore. He's delivered me from every single one of them. Every one of them. He's a faithful God. Brother Nathan, you come and play. Let's stand to our feet tonight.